Hello, everyone. Welcome back to an all-new episode of The Rat Chat. To start off our second semester of GovSchool, joining me is my co-host. This is Ben. And today, joining us is a very special guest. Um, so if you would just introduce yourself and then briefly introduce the topic that we're going to talk about today. Sure. Uh, my name is Natalie, and I'm a senior at Franklin County. And today we're going to be talking about EMS and emergency medical services and how to be an EMT and all the fun stuff like that because I am one. All right well thank you for that little ASMR segment. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, So first if you just want to like talk a little bit about how like how did you get into this in the first place and like what are the requirements to become an EMS or an EMT sorry. Sure yeah Uh, well I had always sort of had an interest in the medical field my dad's a nurse and so I knew that Um, I wanted to do something medically probably, but I didn't have any firsthand exposure to it. And I really wanted to have patient interaction, actually learn about different disorders and trauma and all that fun stuff. And not disorders, but like um, medical problems or anything like that. So because I'd always heard about everything, but I didn't like didn't have any formal instruction in it. And then Miss Seabolt sent like this email that was advertising this because somebody from my rescue squad actually sent it to her because they were a previous Gov School student. And I, it was like two days before the deadline. And so I was talking to my parents and I was like, Dad, this is cool. I really want to do this. Like, can we please do this? And also, it's in Cave Spring, which is like 40 minutes from my house. So it took a little bit of convincing, but, um, I took the class a year ago. It takes, it's from the end of January to the end of April, two times a week, 6.30 to 10, although usually you ended like at like 9.30, so 6.30 to 9.30 really. And um, and then a couple Saturday classes. And then there was a an ex- two exams, like two written exams, two psychomotors, so, well, really four, but they were kind of combined. One trauma, one medical, one um, trauma skill, and then airway skill. And then... Um, code scenarios a lot obviously and then at the end you have to take the national registry exam which is like a written exam that's kind of like standardized to be like 180 to 120 questions it's computer adaptive anyway um so i had to take that too so it's kind of a lot to dot testing (laughs) but yeah yeah and so basically, like, what does this mean? Because, like, yeah. I'm sorry, like, I'm, like, really not knowledgeable about <laughs> any of this. But honestly, I didn't know beforehand that there was a difference between EMT and Rescue Squad. Yeah. So, like, once you have the certification, what does that mean in terms of what you can do? Yeah. So in EMS, there's two main providers. Uh, there's a paramedic and then there's EMT. EMT is the entry level. I mean, people, mostly, most volunteers are EMTs because the class doesn't take a ton of your, like, uh, you can do it outside of school and outside. Like, I was doing it while doing sports and working and all that stuff so I mean you can you can do it more outside of your regular things paramedic is like it's it can it can last between nine months and two years but it's it's a much more extensive um learning because they can do a lot more stuff they can intubate they can push a lot more medications they can IV they a lot of stuff that I can't do obviously because I can't learn that in three months so and that's that's a different certification and um what are the qualifications for that certification for paramedic yep paramedic school <laughs> so i mean that you can take that at, at radford carillion or um, a lot of community colleges will have it so um my class was just at a rescue squad but you can also take that like Roanoke county has a has it at burton yeah and then um you can take it 
other places too. So, and they work together as far as like there's county, this is kind of complicated, but there's county medics and then there's like the volunteer squad. So Roanoke County has um, 12 stations, uh, well, 12 areas, 11 paid stations, and they staff, they staff a two-man ambulance um, with usually two paramedics, but sometimes one paramedic and one EMT. And they also can do fire stuff. And so they they work 24-7. My volunteer place, there's two in the, in Roanoke County. There used to be more, but now there's just two. There's one in Vinton and one in Cave Spring. And the one in Cave Spring, we do 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. during the weekdays, and then 6 p.m. Friday to 6 a.m. Monday on the weekends. So that's not one shift. It's three shifts broken say, up in like, the weekend. No, no, no. It's broken up to three shifts in the weekend, but that's kind of how it goes. And then during the day, the, the county people will cover it because – I mean, it's kind of hard to staff a, a volunteer truck during the day because people are working. So um, the other thing about EMTs is that if it's an all EMT truck, you can only do BLS, basic life support is what it's called. Mm-hmm. If it's a medic on there, you can do ALS, advanced life support. ALS, like I was talking about, has more skills, intubating, pushing a lot more medications. Like I can give a lot of stuff orally, um, like... I mean, like, there's oral glucose, there's aspirin, there's nitro, there's, like, 10, I think, 8 or 10 medications that I can give, like, as my certification. And then, but paramedics can give way more, and they can um, do a lot, they can manually shock people, all that, all that fun jazz, so, yeah. Is there anybody, like, do you work alongside paramedics when you're doing your job, or? Yeah, so, it's kind of complicated. I would say more... Uh, like in the past there was a lot more paramedics that volunteered now it's just where the state of the agency is right now now there's paramedics that do run there and when i say run i mean like run calls it's kind of an ems term but run calls and then um so right now there's like four paramedics at my station but none of them are on like an official team they all just kind of come in and run a shift occasionally so sometimes it'll be like oh we're als tonight fun stuff and then it'll it's be like oh m- most of the time we're bls most of the time we keep a bls truck in every every ser- in service every shift but occasionally it'll be als so in that way it's kind of unfortunate because i can only do like bls is is most of the calls are e-service which is like picking up old ladies and old men like it's like life alert kind of thing situation you know that where somebody presses a life alert and then the ambulance comes and we help them into the bed and then we leave it's not mostly that but i would say a good amount is that and then there's not most of the time there's not medical assessment however as a medical professional you have to assess them and make sure that they know they didn't hit their head they didn't or don't have they haven't been laying on the floor for eight hours like you can i mean e-services do sometimes turn into actual medical calls but most of the time if they're if they're with a family member or something and then you just kind of put them in bed and leave but but then there's bls calls which are like um i'm nauseous um i mean there's it's just stuff that isn't like something you would need more 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 complicated medications for intubate you know cpr like all that kind of stuff so and then the other thing is we can sometimes go on als calls if like the cave spring medic truck is is on another call and then there's another als call in cave spring my truck will go to because we'll get there earlier and then the other stations with the actual medic trucks will come in but they're like five minutes behind because they're in another another area so it's called like first due if we're first due for this um for this call then it'll be kind of a combined agency mutual aid situation of where 
more ambulances will come. And then sometimes patients will be like, oh, you, you guys brought me two ambulances? And we're like, uh, I mean, it's kind of more complicated than that. But yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. We, we, you're just so special. You just got two, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So um, what opportunities do you think training as an EMT has brought out to you? I think I wouldn't say there's a ton of like professional opportunities. I mean, yes and no, because you can get work as an EMT, right? And you can make like 16, 17 an hour, which is better than minimum, but it's not like crazy. And you can do like Korean patient transport as far as careers go. And you can do AMR, which is uh, you don't go to calls, but you transport people from like nursing homes in the hospital back to their house and stuff like that. So there's things you can do as an EMT. But I think mostly it's helped me grow as like a as a person and see kind of uh, it's, it's some, somehow some people describe it as like, you go to somebody calls number one, it's, they're not having, it's not the best day of their life. Right. And you have to be the kind of person that has to be there for them on that day. And it's, it's kind of just meeting people where they're at, like at the hospital, like, uh, it's just a different environment versus, I mean, I haven't been in the hospital that much, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very different to walk into somebody's personal house and, be like, what's going on today? Let me feel yeah. your pull. You know, it's just, it's very interesting, you know, and the different patients that you'll get and how exactly what they've experienced and stuff like that. So I think that's helped me um, mostly. Yeah. Um, and then just another question. So where do people start that want to get involved in this process of becoming EDMT? Yeah. So I, I think honestly like looking if you want to become an ET like look up a class in in your area oh I guess if we're in Roanoke then I know there's I know there's a couple at Western I know I think there might be one at Radford Carillion and there's one at K-Spring too but that one's already started so I don't know for sure but I know if you're like a sophomore you have to be 16 that's the thing you have to be 16 I think to to start the class but I, I know you at least have to be 16 to get your actual certification so if you're younger um you could take the one at k-spring next year that starts in january just go on the k-spring website and look it up so um they do you can't get them sponsored like by an agency if you're joining an agency you can get it for free mm-hmm. but most of the time it'll cost 800 to a thousand dollars for the whole class just for textbooks teachers all that jazz okay. yeah yeah that's cool i mean because yeah. i really have a lot of friends because i mean i'm from cape spring <laughs> oh yeah, yeah you have a lot of friends I, I, thank you no i have a lot of friends that do like that do this program and they really do take a lot of pride yeah. in like being able to help people on a daily basis yeah. and i hear about it i'm like that is really really cool yeah and i think it's really awesome that you're like developing as a person and you're yeah. like really making an impact on our community i don't know about sometimes County, yes. but thanks yes. thanks for cape spring <laughs> yeah uh I th- I think it's a cool it's a unique thing to be able to treat a patient as a as a high schooler because yeah. yeah. I mean you can shadow you can scribe in the hospital there's certain jobs you can do in a hospital but I think to actually have the licensure to give someone medication and CPR and all that fun stuff is is unique. And then another question: um, Do you need any like prior prerequisites for the EMT training, like any like classes at your high school or? So no, you just have to be 16 um, and have the time for it, basically, and want to study for it and all that. But I mean, I will say I'm in anatomy right now, and that has helped a little bit as far as like understanding some of the more in-depth um, like human body stuff. But that yeah. you really don't need to know all that for EMTs. It's EMT is a is it? I wouldn't say it's it's a it's an introduction to how to save somebody's life when they're dying. I mean, that's really you can't 
it's not like trying to solve a ton of underlying problems. Most of this, the way you solve the underlying problem is to take him to the hospital. That's <laughs> yeah. number one treatment, yeah. take him to the hospital. So, you know, that's kind of how it goes. But yeah, no, it, you just got to start it like I did. So be, be ready to learn. And it, I mean, it helps if you have some medical experience, but it really doesn't. You don't really need to. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you have like Thank a you. favorite thing you learned? Oh, um, I think all of the heart... Uh, patterns yeah. that are bad like afib vfib a like vtac like all of the fun little weird and i'm yeah. still not the expert at those by any means but i think all of those fun stuff that yeah. i always heard about but didn't know so yeah all right yeah well i think yeah. that about does it. i mean thank you yeah. so much for being here and thank you so much for like giving us the time to you know talk about your experience with yeah, us thank you and thank you for sharing yeah, yeah. and, and if thank anybody, you for helping the community as well oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and so don't forget what um natalie said if anybody's interested in doing this yourself you know we rewind the podcast back a little bit talking <laughs> about you know how to get involved we can throw the links up on the um, description oh yeah so yeah, yeah we'll put we'll put some links up um next to the episode so yeah um thank you so much everybody for listening thank you so much natalie for being here and we hope to see you guys all on the next episode of the Rat Chat. So thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys.